At the center of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come to power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Nordor, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Filmation, Jetlag, Netflix, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Master of the Universe, Princess of Power, that little Mattel logo down there in the corner. I'm Matthew Dooch. I'm here with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing tonight? I voted. Yay! Did you vote? Of course I voted. <laughs> I know you voted, but I figured I'd start it out with that question. <laughs> uh, real, real quick, just for our listeners in case they missed last episode, a uh, quick explanation. Yes, we're at episode 34. We are switching to a regular format. We have gotten rid of the half episodes. Um, if you want more information and a longer explanation, go see episode 33 we did last week. Um, but the correct viewing order is episode 16 and a half, episode 33, and now 34. So you're where you need to be. And that's all I'll mm-hmm. say about that tonight. So what did we vote X on, marks Sean? Spot. We voted on Origins figures, which is... I, I made the complaint uh, the other night after I did it, and... Uh, and our no prize winner extraordinaire Yuka actually was giving me a little crap, like, "Oh, they yeah. made you do this. Oh, they suckered yeah. you into it." It's like, well, uh, it's kind of—I'll admit that—that that is one of the more fun parts about the Origins line is they're giving the social media the attempt to mm-hmm. have our voices heard uh, from options they're throwing at us, at least. Yeah. So, so for those of you who don't know, uh, who the uh, Masters of the Universe, the official blue checkmarked Facebook page. Um, they started a contest here. They want the fans to decide who the next Origins figure is going to be in Wave 3. It would have to be, I assume. Could be. I, I'm not for sure. It could be Wave 4. It could be who knows what. Basically, they're looking for fans to decide one of the next ones. I'm assuming yep. Wave 3. Um, and so there's four characters... But it's bracketed, so we had two play, two characters face off already. Two characters will face off. I thought it'd be today, but I'm guessing tomorrow. They needed a day in between. Um, but so yesterday for 24 hours, fans could vote on whether they wanted Keldor or Anti-Eternia Man at Arms. Um, and the Keldor is the multiverse Keldor not the 2000X, it is not the exclusive, it is not the classics, it's very much that uh, that white-shirted vest kind of Keldor that you saw in the multiverse miniseries. 
Um, and then anti-authority man-at-arms is obviously the black and red man-at-arms we saw from that series. Um, so, Sean, who do you vote for? I voted for Keldor, amazingly. Um, I mean, <laughs> I did too. Team Keldor, 2020, yep. Team Keldor. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, I, I know we talked about this in private, but it, it was one of those... It was one of those times when I saw the two of them. It's like, okay, we're we're getting a brand new figure that isn't even in classics. If you vote for Keldor, you know, and and uh, you made a really good point of, well, then you know, you're basically just voting for a repaint Man at Arms, right. and why would you start doing repaints this early in a line like this? And I, I, and I don't agree. even like that Man at Arms design, honestly. So it's like, why would I? Just me personally. If you guys liked it, if you voted for anti-Tony Man-Arms, perfect. Um, but for me personally, I was the same way. I'm like, I don't even like that Man-Arms to begin with. Why would I want to repaint it? So, mm-hmm. um, And yeah, the Keldor is just so unique. It's not just a simple Skeletor with you know a boot and a head swap. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty unique. So I had to give it to him. Yeah, I forgot that it was bracketed. So I was thinking, I, and this is just me being me, but you know, you see all four of them, and I'm like, I'm just gonna vote for the one. And I'm like, oh crap, it's just Keldor and Man at Arm. Well, yeah, I gotta do Keldor because right. I, you know, I we we both have admitted we aren't the biggest fans of the multiverse comic, no. but it had it had a few moments. It had a lot of not great moments, but. Just the idea of hey, that's that's like a cool idea that that character could be out there for fans now that like it and and um and honestly I'm <laughs> I'm probably not I don't know I, I you know and and I know people are gonna say we're hypocrites here because both of us have stated that we're not really into the origins line but you know they gave us a chance to vote and I'm gonna vote and you know yeah. so and and to me it's like vote for the unique character. You know, mm-hmm. over the repaint. That's just my... If push comes to shove, if you can't decide who to vote for, to me, it's always push for that new character. Um, sure. Maybe I'm variant shy because of what 2000X did to us all, but I, I don't see the point in overloading this early on with variants, um, especially one like that. It's like... Is it, I think... Honestly, I think Snake Man at Arms would have been a better choice than that because at least he's visually different other than a color swap, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for me, I really had a hard time of like, okay, why would we get an anti-attorney and man at arms before we'd even get anti-attorney and he-man in this line, right. you know? And, and, and so for me, I couldn't even justify like, why would they do that? Like, I guess the only thing that that says is it open up, it, it would open up like a line of, okay, we can do anti-attorney everybody at some point, which for yeah. me is like. Uh, you know, like I, I like anti-attorney He-Man in, in the way of my head canon, but I don't necessarily need all the other figures as anti-attorney characters either. That's, and that's, a, that's it, part of it. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing too. It's like with Keldor, okay, technically they are based on the anti-attorney version, but you could still release that just as a Keldor for this line. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to anti-attorney because that sure. is a big concept to throw out here early in the line. So just release it as Keldor, you know, and be done with it. But. Well, it's a strike while the iron's hot kind of a thing, I think, right. because of the idea of, well, the story just ended and August, they're releasing the figure. So it's still fresh in the minds of us fans. Um, Makes you yeah, wonder I, if, 
if initially this was going to be a little earlier, this fan vote, if maybe it was supposed to coincide more with the end of the multiverse count. It's you know? possible, I'd say, especially with everything that happened to make everything delayed this year. It mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. And eh, I mean, again, you know, yeah, hypocrite. I, I will yeah. admit every day of my life <laughs> I am a hypocrite because there's so many things about like I'm a I'm a do as I say, not as I do yeah. parent, which really drives I'm sure a lot of people crazy anyway, but you know, in this case, it's like, I don't have a dog in this race in a sense, but I'm also like, it's still fun to voice the opinion, you know, we're on podcasts. We're opinionated. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's just funny because we all, we speculate all through the multiverse, you know, comics that is it going to lead to something with origins or is it going to lead to this or is it going to lead to that? And then now it actually comes out where one of the brackets is the anti-Eternia bracket. Yep. That was neat. Um, so then the other side of the bracket, which once again, the voting for Keldor and Man at Arms closed this morning. Um, and Keldor won. I don't think we mentioned that. So he will move on to the next round. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to the final. The next round should be the Eternia side, um, where it will be Wondar versus the mini comic deco of Triclops. So. Yeah. And then the winner from that one will then face off against Keldor to see who actually goes into production. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, th- I thought they were going to follow up today with it, but since they didn't, I'm assuming they're taking a break in between. And so probably tomorrow will be that one. And then the day after that closes, I assume it will look, be seen. So what's today, Wednesday, so probably Thursday, probably like Saturday, you would look for the big vote, I'm guessing. Um, but who do you awesome. like out of that? One Dar versus Mini Comic Triclops. I'm a One Dar guy. There's no way around that one. I mean, <laughs> I've I've stressed it a few times on this show already, but with my figures and everything else yeah. and story ideas and you know, it's like uh, for me, I, I think the Mini Comics uh, trap or yeah, I I, I always do that trap jaw. I do that to myself <laughs> all the time. Trap jaw Triclops. Trap jaw. I can't even do it twice. I'm not even going to do it three times. Um, yeah, uh, mini comics, Triclops is a figure I would have appreciated more in classics than worrying about it here. Although with the tagline of origins, I see why they did it. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it was a tough choice. My knee jerk reaction was Triclops. But then once I actually got thinking about it, it's like, okay, but here again, like number one, I don't care for that mini comics coloring for Triclops. I really, I think it's, it's gaudy and I, I much prefer his actual like green standard release armor. I think it's much more striking. That's a Triclops I want. That being mm-hmm. said, once I got to thinking, you can't tell me that they're not going to release a Triclops within the first, like I say five waves. Cause they're releasing these things pretty quick. Like it seems mm-hmm. like, because Wave 2 is supposed to be out before the end of the year, and Wave one's just hitting now. So they seem like they're going to go pretty boom, boom, boom. Um, so you can't tell me we're not going to get a general release Triclops in his regular armor, which is what I would want if I'm getting him. And let's be honest here, uh, my kid loves that skeleton. I'm probably going to end up getting a few more than what I initially intended to. Um, <laughs> but... 
So once again, to me, it comes down to, okay, do we need two triclops in this line? Or should I go for at least, even though he is technically a repaint with new armor of He-Man, I still think one Dar is a unique character, and my boy Sean loves him. So, you know, it's <laughs> so I've got to go one Dar here. I think it's the right uh, choice. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with you on the repaint, or, or, or the, the variant idea already with this line. It's like, I... I'd much rather see the actual here's here's a new character mm-hmm. versus here's a new take on the character, right. and it it works much better. But I, I actually uh, one of the groups I'm in um, uh, over on podcasters of the universe, Jeremy Dewitt, actually had a a moment, and it was funny because he he's been somebody ever since this line has been um, touted that this mm-hmm. is going to happen. He went right to if it's not from the original stuff, then they shouldn't call it Origins. Sure. So when they put these figures out there the other day, he's like, "Well, why would they even do Keldor? This is Origins. Why would they? You know, it's like he's looking back sure. at the old mini comics and the Alcala and the Texera and everything. And uh, I get the, it. Um, and, and I, I said to him, and, and I think this is what the actual mentality is behind the line, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I said to him, I feel like the way that they're looking at this line isn't necessarily they're going to go savage masters with this and start it off. Like we found that out. Oh yeah. I think what they're doing is it's whatever the first incarnation of something is, is what they're going to throw at you in in this way. Because like the first time that we saw Keldor in anti-Eternia is that version of Keldor. Just like the first time you see Adam on filmation is the sky sled Adam. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's a vague idea for an, the actual name of Origins, which is why I, I'm like, I don't know why they did it like that. I will trump you right here, right now. Man at Arms has a mustache. Nah, that's true, but that is the original <laughs> way we saw him on in Filmation, though. Although he doesn't have the second arm guard. Yeah. So. So. Uh, th- but th- this is <laughs> this is part of why this line doesn't appeal to me. It's yeah. the fact that I feel like it is very potluck. You know, it's very much like you go into this line and you're thinking to yourself, "Well, it's called Origins, so everything might be Alcala inspired from the original mini comics, or the the at least the up until you know the Trap Jaw Triclops Ram Man stuff." And when you look at what they're doing, you're like, "What?" Yeah. And and it's like we have Scareglow coming out before Scareglow was even introduced in anything. So it's like, well, what what are you trying to do with the timeline and in, in in introductions of these things? So that's the only thing I have left as a leg to stand on for what the logic is and oh, how they're trying to make this line work. I will say I do appreciate them changing up the order because you do get tired of seeing, you know, He Man, Beast Man, Man Arm, Stratos, and then you know Tila, Evil, and you know. I like that they're mixing up the order and kind of throwing an Orko out there, a Scarecrow out there earlier. You know, they're talking about throwing a Keldor or one Dar potentially out there. Um, but yes, Origins, Origins in itself, that t- tagline is the biggest problem with this line because they released the two pack. It was very early mini comic, first DC comic, and it kind of, and then with the name Origins, everyone did exactly what you're doing. They're like, well, it's the first kind of like version of that character. But then all these inconsistencies started popping up, you know, and then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, this is the first of the filmation 
origin, but without this, and this is the this origin, and this it's like okay, so and here's the biggest thing to me. They keep pushing this as this is your origins line. This is Masters of the Universe Origins. Here's Origins Wave Two. Origins, Origins, Origins. Nowhere on that packaging does it say Origins anywhere. Mm-hmm. At all. Classics at least had it on their Masters of the Universe classics. You know? So it's like, to me, Origins is just kind of like an inter- internal moniker that kind of stuck and has drifted out into, you know, how we talk about it. But really, this toy line is just Masters of the Universe. You know, when it's out there in the store shelves, kids are picking up, they're looking at it, they go, it's Masters of the Universe. You know, yeah. so uh, it's just, it's just, and it's just another one of those weird things. I don't know where Mattel's going with this. I don't know what their directive is. It seems very potluck so far. And, mm-hmm. but I do find that interesting that none of the material, except for like Facebook posts and, you know, re- Revealing stuff and talking about it one on one. That's the only time you hear origins. That's not in any of the other stuff, you know. So it just well, it's, I, it's a weird marketing strategy, is I guess what I'm getting. The whole thing is just weird. No one can quite wrap their head around it. Yeah. And the one thing that amused the heck out of me a little while ago was there is that post talking about when they're going to be released. And they have that shot of hang the on, He-Man figure. Hang on. Uh, ah. There we go. That. I they have that, that picture. Yeah. And I'm amused to death to look at it and just go, who at Mattel is taking these photos? Like, what, what the heck is this all about? <laughs> so so this, is, this is real quick here. This is, once again, from the Masters of the Universe Facebook page, verified with a blue check mark. Um, it's a post of the He-Man uh, Origins figure sitting on a shopping cart. And it says, the wait is almost over for Origins action figures. Get He-Man, Skeletor, Man-at-Arms, Evelyn, Tila, and Beast-Man from Walmart starting on August 1st. So this was put out because everyone's like, oh my god, the online's selling out in like seconds. And this is to yeah. show, look, this is just early release, it's limited. August 1st is street date, that's when your Walmart shelves are going to be stocked. And I really do think they are because my Walmart has not restocked anything down the boys aisle in literally three weeks now. Like that thing is, is empty. You can tell they're getting ready for something. So I am really Mm -hmm. curious to see how much of this is actually in Walmart come August 1st. I think it might be a bigger section than we're expecting, but Mm -hmm. go ahead. But the beauty of this is it <laughs> reminds me of, like, a parent that's trying to sell their kid's toy on eBay. Yep. We have a He-Man in the shopping cart out of the box, yep. and yep. he has his harness on upside down. And it just makes me go, like, this is Mattel. How do they not know how to make this work? I mean, it, it doesn't exactly yeah. strike confidence into somebody like me. Not only is he wearing his harness upside down. He is also holding a very nice full power sword in gray, which would be very nice if it actually came with the figure. Exactly. But it doesn't. We got the half sword with the uh, handguard, which is not what he's holding here at all. He is holding the San Diego 
um, sword. Yep. So disappointing on many levels. <laughs> um, and real quick here, I don't collect them. You haven't yet, but this is probably the coolest looking wave of Masters of the WWE universe that they've shown so far. Um, yep. They they released Wave Four. Man, see, they're, and they're cranking these out too. Like for everyone who says that this is you know a dead line, no one's buying it, and I don't know the numbers. I don't know whether they are or not, but. All I know is personally at my Walmart, these things fly off the shelves and mm-hmm. they're already to wave four. So, um, so we got, and I hope I get these names right. Cause I am not a wrestling fan, but if I recall correctly, it's, uh, Jake, the snake Roberts, um, who's got, he's got that cool posable snake and he's, I don't know if you saw, but he's got like a human face mask that puts on over his snake face. You can take okay. it off, on and off, kind of a King Hiss feature. And then sure. he's got armor, too, that goes over his scaly chest, so you can, like, do the transforming thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the the Fiend, is the guy in the upper right with the insane clown posse makeup going on there. Yeah. Um, and right below him is, uh, I want to say Seth Rollins. The, the Wrestling guys are probably, like, yelling at me right now. <laughs> um, and he was really cool, uh, number one, to see the Zodak armor, um, which could be used for one Dar, obviously, or we should begin a Zodak sooner or later. But he's also got Dragoman's sword. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah, that's... Nice touch. That could be interesting. I, I don't own Dragoman. I, if they release a Dragoman Origins, I might have to pick that guy up. Um, and then last but not least in the bottom left, there is, I pity the fool, Mr. T himself with yeah. uh, a Fisto gauntlet and a Jitsu gauntlet on either hand painted in gold yeah. like that. That right there is like, I, I, I don't even have words. Like it's so out of left field. It's so crazy, but it's so works and it's so eighties and masters and everything else. It's like, how can you not love that one? It's like I said, in one of the groups earlier tonight is Geldor versus Mr. T. You could finally go there and finally have them wreck each other. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Like I hate, uh, well, I, I, I shouldn't say I hate I, I I wasn't inspired to buy this line yeah. at all. Even even for the people who are like, oh, I want to buy it so that I can have variant things or customize. And for me, I'm like, it's a new line. I'm not even worrying about customizing anything at this right. point. I'm not worrying about uh, swapping, whatever. Mr. T might be the one that makes me go, I think I'm going to get this, this <laughs> one at least. Because right. looking at him, it's like, it's... Like you said, it is. It, this is '80s. This is right. '80s personified in this figure, and the fact that he has both Fisto and Jitsu gloves, yeah, and, and everything, and and he's wearing Jitsu's armor then and stuff. Right. I don't know. There's just something about all, that all one. The gold and everything. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I I'll say out of all the lines that they've introduced so far, this is the one that I could look at and go. It's starting to tip the scales a little more for me. Yeah. Like the the fiend, I don't know who the heck he is because I don't follow wrestling. No, but either. looking at him, he looks like somebody that I'd 
I'd be like, yeah, he should be on Skeletor's side. And, right. you know, I mean, the, the Wondar armor automatically makes me go, holy crap, that's, yeah. you know, that, that automatically draws my eye to go, I want to have that. And then the, the other part of me is like, but if we get Wondar possibly, and right. I feel yeah. like I'm a long shot on that one. So we'll see right. how that works out. Yeah, and it's it's neat looking at him and seeing what they could be used for. It's like, I mean, the Fiend, he's got those weapons that slide on over his hands, and they're obviously, uh, you know, robot. I'd say more Roboto, but Roboto slash Trapjaw, they got the little hooks on the side there to clip onto his belt, and, you know, it's not quite Roboto's axe, but it's close to it, and I can't mm-hmm. remember anybody who had that, that, that mace, that spiked ball like that. Um, I think that's just something completely new, but... Once again, you see how they're kind of prepping for the other characters um, yeah. down the line. The Jake the Snake, uh, between Mr. T and Jake the Snake, I could honestly see myself picking up both of those because that is such a cool feature with like the faceplate that comes off and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a neat looking, like that figure just looks cool. I have no idea who Jake the Snake is. Um, but that figure is just a nice... Uh, paint deco and everything and I believe that snake is actually poseable and I love little things like that like if I can get like this little poseable snake that scales with uh, the figures like that that's pretty neat you know (laughs) I'm I'm amused by the more that we talk about this the more you and I are starting to teeter (laughs) she's like well, I guess these have to be on the shelf, you know. <laughs> because honestly, this I feel there from the previous waves there was like usually one I'm like that looks pretty cool. He went like I know Rey Mysterio, he looked really cool. I thought I could see him on the shelf and I said that um the Undertaker scare glow looks awesome. He would fit in on any display. And then from the first line, oh, I don't know, maybe the the Triple H um He's the one out of the first line that I'd say I could justify him right. on the shelf because that that helmet is cool enough to me that, that with that right. face mask. Yeah, that, that like he'd be my Skeletor because I don't like the origins figure <laughs> for Skeletor. It's like I'll just pop off that head and put that on my Skeletor until they give me a new head for him. So, but I guess my point is for those first three waves, I'm like, okay, one guy looks cool. This wave, I'm like, you know what? All these guys look pretty masters. You know, yeah. like, I think they're finally reaching, and we said that early on, we're like, well, are they a wrestling line, or are they a master's line, or are they, you know, what are they? And this one, I think, really goes, like, this is more towards the masters. Like, I could see all these guys, you know, hanging out, you know, either fighting against or with the heroic warriors, you know, yep. so that's what's working for me here. Even the Seth Rollins, as boring as he is, like, I don't know, they're just... And for the customizers out there, like getting like because he's got that long hair and stuff, like getting uh, a sculpt like that, long hair and the beard, like that could be used for some stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, good job, Mattel. I'm gonna I'm gonna say good job on this. This looks like a solid lineup, even knowing nothing about wrestling and having basically no interest in these guys, you know. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I will say, though, this line always makes me curious. I don't know any of the new guys. I, 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 I never followed wrestling past the 90s with Ultimate Warrior. I remember watching that on Sunday afternoons from time to time. And I knew, you know, Stone Cold, The Rock, th- those right. were names that were always out there and all that kind of stuff. 
But I will say that it, it is one of those things like Mr. T today has made me go like, well, now what are they going to throw into this? Because I wouldn't have equated Mr. T to being in this no matter what. I didn't realize right. he was even affiliated. So like, th- okay, think, what I do we have? Said, looking- I think they said he did like one match back in the day, like one of those big like stunt event matches, but I could be confused uh, about that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And we're getting the uh, the Hulk Hogan yep. pretty soon, and it's like you know a lot of these guys that that you knew that were names one way or the other. Yeah. It's like I wonder what other people they're going to draw from, and then it makes me go, well, then what what kind of a accessory are they going to come with? And and then there, I know there's people out there going, well, what about female <laughs> figures? And they haven't even touched that yet. So sure, I didn't think about should that. be interesting. Yeah, I know. I know some of the names from growing up, but I never followed it. I know one, one that somebody threw out there was uh, Andre the Giant as like a Titus type giant. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be that, cool. That could be pretty neat. A nice oversized figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so real quick before we wrap up this kind of discussion here. So Keldor one. Where you both said one dar in the one dar versus triclops, but let's just play devil's advocate here. Let's say triclops wins the next round, and so the final is between Keldor and triclops. Where's your vote at? Hmm. <laughs> uh, between the two of them, I'm gonna. I won't lie. I'll probably go triclops just because I wouldn't mind seeing like. The the one thing they were saying is you can interchange the armor with classics. So there is that part yeah. of me going, well, I could pop off the armor on mine at home and yeah. you know have them have them displayed that way too, and that'd be kind of fun. But it, again, the variant idea is a little yeah. like at the same time. So yeah. no, I think I'd still have to go with Keldor. I'd have to follow it through. All right, Keldor, you got this. You know. Yeah. All right. Um, and then so if it comes down to Keldor versus Wondar. Where you go then? Oh, you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Tila. Right in vote. Do they have a right in vote spot? <laughs> yeah, they have a right in vote spot. I want Lukey. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, definitely Wonder because, you know, he's my boy. I, I, he's, I, I always say, he is the figure I wish I had when I was a kid because how cool would it have been? When I was a kid, I had brown hair, dark, dark brown hair, almost black. It's like, that would have been my He-Man instead of the blonde guy. I would have been like, yeah, you know, he looks like me, you know, or whatever. But yeah, I think I'd probably have to go one dark too if it came down to it. Just, I don't know. He's grown on me over the past year or so. And maybe they can release a nice looking power sword with him instead of a half power. sword. Well, and that's the thing. If they actually do the power sword similar to classics, I'm completely in anyway. Cause that's like one of my favorite versions of the power. Yeah, sword. That is a nice one. The black with the gray and everything. Yeah, it's metal, as Kevin Smith would say. It's metal. So metal. <laughs> I feel like such a dad saying it too. That's that's pretty <laughs> rough. <laughs> All right, so let's move on here. So now we've got our review for the week. So this week we are doing the Masters of the Universe Kids Stuff book, Battle Under Snake Mountain. This was written by John Braden. It was illustrated by Pablo and Judith Marcos. 
um, and it was published in 1986. So towards the end of the line, this one is heavily featuring the Snake Men. Well, exclusively featuring the Snake Men, so... Um, and this one was fun. I had this one as a kid. I had the, the tape version. I didn't have any records as a kid. Um, but this one was actually my first introduction to the Snake Men. Um, it's a very well done book in my opinion. I love the colors throughout it and the drawings. There's a lot of energy. Um, what about you, Sean? Did you have this one as a kid or no? Yeah, I I remember the cover very well. Um, I don't, to be honest, listening to it uh, for the show, I don't remember the book though. Oh, no. uh, as in, like, I don't remember the the recording. I might have, I I don't think I would have just gotten the book if it came with a record or a tape or something. But maybe I wasn't playing it as much or something as as I did with other ones earlier in the line. So, uh, but, but you remember the story, right? You just didn't remember the, the audio. I didn't remember the story even. Oh, really? Um, I, it, yeah. So it was kind of like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like it, for like, I, I don't know why I remember that cover very vividly. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I don't, I didn't remember much, but I went on, um, a couple sites tonight to look at the interiors yeah. and there is one page that when we get to it, I'm going to point out and go, I remember that too. Yeah, and uh, and I'm amused by that page to be honest. But uh, yeah, I, the art I, I remember enjoying the art quite a lot when it, once I started looking through the pages again and stuff. But the story never stuck with me quite the same way as the other ones did. Yeah, this is one I remembered all the way through. You know, even growing up and out of it and everything. I, when I picked it back up, I'm like, I remember this. And you know, there are some weird inconsistencies in here, but you know, it's pretty. It's a pretty solid story, and um, just a little bit of trivia, Pablo and Judith Marcos are actually a uh, father and daughter team of illustrators. That's cool. They work together on, I know they did this one, I'm pretty sure they did uh, Escape, or no, Prisoner in the Slime Pit, and I think a couple other ones. And the interesting about thing about this one, too, is it is a kid stuff book. Whereas a lot of the Golden Books and stuff, they were also released under Kid Stuff when they had the record or the tape with them. This one, as far as I can tell, was only released by Kid Stuff. As in, there is not a version of this without the the record or tape, you know, without the see the pictures, hear the story, read the book. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And as far as I can tell, this has nothing to do with uh, Golden at all. So, not like the earlier ones where it could either be published as a golden book or a kid stuff book, depending on if it had the recording. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of neat to find out what happened. Maybe Golden lost the license and kid stuff picked it up or something, or they just decided to start making their own on top of the stuff they did for Golden. I don't know yeah, it would be. Uh, I mean, the other thing, too, is uh, when, especially you said this came out in 86. 86, yep. Some of that stuff started, maybe their license ran out with it or something by that point. Because 86, 87 was starting to get into like, yeah. you know, the, the declining years. Whereas right. the, like a lot of the golden stuff I remember was like the early stuff. Yeah. Um, so the ones coming out like around now, it's kind of hit or miss for me to even remember this stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, I think it's pretty much his kids' stuff books now. Like, this one features a snake man. Then the other big one that they did was Prisoner in the Slime Pit, and that one featured the rock people and the horde, obviously. Because the slime pit's there, but... Um, yeah. Uh, and I'll get... I got another funny story, but I'll get into it after we, after we actually uh, read the story. It'll make more sense right. in case our viewers haven't read this one before. Um... Well, I say read. Actually, what we're gonna do is we're gonna listen along. I'm gonna pop in. I got my uh, I got my cassette player right over here. Let me just pop in the tape, and we're gonna listen to it just like the old days. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Hi, hi, everybody. This is your Masters of the Universe read-along book. Every time you hear the chime. It means it's time to turn the page in your storybook. Now, if you are ready, we will start the story... Battle Under Snake Mountain. Don't forget to turn the page every time you hear the chime. Okay, here we go. I did it! Of all the places on Eternia, none is more frightening than Snake Mountain. This is the stronghold of the evil warriors, King Hiss, Rattler, and Tongue Lasher. Few people on Eternia are brave enough to travel to Snake Mountain. The ones who have been there and live to return tell of a terrifying noise that echoes through the caves and of trapdoors, prisons, and a giant snake guards the mountain. Beneath Snake Mountain are miles of twisting tunnels which wind down into the rock below. It is there, in his dark chamber, that King Hiss plans his evil schemes. Come now, if you dare, far beneath Snake Mountain to the room where King Hiss is meeting with Rattler and Tongue Lasher. Let's listen in and see what these three snake men are up to now. All right. So, obviously, very much, or very reminiscent of our, that 83 record book, or record, sorry, it was not yep. a book. Uh, that we already covered and that you're very much a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, for this one, it just, when you hear the narration and stuff, it, it does have that. It, it's, it's not quite to the same level of detail, the way that they did it on the record, but it still has that. The narrator, I, I really, really wish I could have met this guy for real because it, it, he to me would be the equivalent of meeting like Alan Oppenheimer or a John Irwin because his voice is just, yep. it's there. Like it's part of my childhood and listening to the record and listening to this. It's like, that's why I'm grinning when, if you're watching right. the video, I'm just grinning through the whole thing. Cause it's, it's just like, this is that old grandpa voice that wanted to tell you something cool about something you loved. Right. And that just, Oh, I, I, I would just want to shake this guy's hand and be like, Thank you for making this stuff come alive for me like this. Um, 
And it is it is written, if you recall, this was written by John Braden. John yeah. Braden did write that 83 record as well, if you recall. Mm-hmm. So it's the same writer. There's yeah. a rumor out there that John Braden was the narrator on that, and this is obviously yeah. the same narrator, even though his voice sounds a little different, but you also got to think this is three years later. And yep. I know he was uh, he was up there in years, you know, uh but I think it's, I'm definitely kind of saying that this is the same narrator. So it's quite mm-hmm. possible that this is John Braden. That, that I have nothing to go on but speculation. But um, but yeah, you could just tell, it's just that same feel, that same flow. They got the background noises. They got the little oohs and ahs and, the, you know, mm-hmm. everything. And, and the, the, the illustration's done wonderfully here. The, the snake mountain, very toy-like, but they got the demon mouth all like, Craig, it looks like saliva's like dripping down and stuff. Very menacing, you know. Yeah. Um, but they do yeah. they do put it solidly as the home of the snake men here. Um King Hiss, Ratlor, and Tongue Lasher. This is their base, so mm-hmm. a little continuity, yeah. but that was expected. Well, the way that they they wrote it, it almost has this feeling of they're they're squatters, though. And I kinda dig that yeah. in it. You know, it's like they're underneath it. They're not actually sure. in Snake Mountain and all that. They're un- they're in these tunnels underground, and that kind of gives them a little more of like a creepiness factor in that way. And I, I I I don't know what your take is on it, but the music and and the production value that they put into the effects already are making me smile. But the, like when I, when I was listening to this, there is certain moments where I could almost hear other songs from the eighties with the <laughs> way that some of these songs, like the, the, there's certain notes here and there. Then all of a sudden I, I start thinking like at the very end, they had a kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, so now we're going to do chariots of fire. I can't help it. It's just that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I love this about it because it, it just it, it's I love that your your mind turns it into your own little playground, but they're aiding it on with these little bits and pieces like that. Oh, so absolutely. big fan. All right, let's turn the page like our chime told us to. Rattler, tongue lasher, come forward out of the shadows. Ordered King Hiss seated on his throne. I feel better when you are both within my sight. King Hiss's red eyes gleamed, and his muscular green body rippled in the half-light of the torches. He was in his human form, but this was a disguise. He could change at will into a writhing mass of yellow serpents. Tongue Lasher and Rattler stepped forward. Rattler's quick-strike head was in its resting position now. He wouldn't dare extend it in the presence of King Hiss. His long tail dragged behind him and twitched from left to right, as it always did when he was nervous. Beside Rattler stood Tongue Lasher. His muscular purple and black body glistened, and his long green tongue flicked in and out of his mouth. Together, the two evil snake men walked slowly forward 
toward King Hiss's throne. You sent for us, great king, spoke the two snake men together. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying here. I didn't think of it before. Yeah, they're definitely like down in Snake Mountain. So yeah, that's that mm-hmm. still works. Um, I just I love the descriptions of everybody here. I mean, you can tell obviously they're like, okay, you need to promote these toys. But he, I mean, he's still he gets it. Like he's not just phoning it in. He's you know making Ratlor nervous and talking about his, his you know he wouldn't dare to you know extend his neck and King his his presence. Like you get this feel that like. These characters have a history, you know. They're not just, hey, buy this action figure down the aisle, you know. Yeah, it's characterization that works for me. And it also, it does a really good job with that little bit to show these are, this is their place and rank, you know. Right. And and uh, I actually really like that line about he wouldn't dare extend his neck in front of King His. I like that because that would be like a power play move. Right. You know, and 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 then it's like, well, King Hiss is the alpha. That's all there is to it. And, right. Um, and the other thing about, like you were saying about the artwork, mm-hmm. um, even with with uh, like the mouth of the cavern for Snake Mountain and stuff. And if you look at the way that the not only the artists render things, but the colorists mm-hmm. uh, render this. I don't know if there's a different colorist than the actual uh, uh, father daughter group that yes. did it. It's but not listed, but. Who knows? Well, there there is this because they have highlights the way they have. There is this almost feeling of they're glistening more than you would expect other uh, other things to look and right. all this. And I I really like that about this because this whole book. I, I remember when I was a kid, the the little I do remember, it made me actually think everybody was slimy in this. Yeah, and this is the the first page of them opening. It's like yeah, there is this like serpenty yeah. you know like glistening to it so oh for sure and like the majority of this book takes place like underground so you've also got that kind of darkness there it's like you know mm-hmm. the, the look at all the flames in that shot just lighting the, the the cavern that they set up in here with his throne and everything and it's like that you kind of you get that through the whole thing it takes place at night and in these underground tunnels and you got this kind of darkness to it lots of shadows lots of glistening from the the snakes and you get the feeling like they're all they are all slimy snakes you know with king his mm-hmm. going you know i feel better when you are both within my sight like yeah i know you guys if i give show any sign of weakness you're going to try and take over you know mm-hmm. that's that's how evil they are and you know untrustworthy so and I, I, I like they did lots of two page spreads in this book, too, um, mm-hmm. which is really neat. Lots of text and everything, which is neat for the, the kids books. But uh, I think they were banking on the fact that most kids would actually like listen along because there is yeah. there is a lot of dialogue, you know, text in this book. So. Yeah, it's like, I don't know why these bad guys never trust their guys. They're with us like they're evil or something. Like right. it's, it's amusing to, I do like that line though, about that. I yeah. feel better when, when I can see you and all that. It's, you know, it's, it's, it just goes to show you like, no matter what rank you're dealing with Skeletor, Hordak or King Hiss, it's like, yeah, these guys don't trust the people that are with them. They, they freelance, yeah. they do their thing. So, exactly. <laughs> so, um, 
Here, here's one thing, though. I'm, I'm not trying to go down the, the negative trail, but one thing that I realized listening to this and going forward throughout this mm-hmm. is this is, I think, the book to make me go, I don't like the snake men. <laughs> and, right. and we'll get into that a little bit as we go. I'm not trying to hold us sure, up on sure. this page. But this this was definitely the one where, like, I appreciate the narration. I appreciate all the details and stuff like that. But there's things about this where I'm like, I remember this being one of those snake men just aren't doing it for me, like Hordak or or Skeletor in in Masters. So let's carry on and find out why. (laughs) King Hiss stood up and stepped forward. From his elevated position, he towered over his evil helpers. He leveled his beady eyes at the two, then spoke. I have a task for you, too. My snake scouts have recently discovered an amazing new cave. It is a natural formation in the underground rock that runs for miles and miles. The bottom of the cave is filled with water. A swirling river which leads many miles beyond Snake Mountain. You too will be pleased to learn where the cave ends. Tongue Lasher and Raptor looked at each other, their wicked eyes filled with curiosity. And where is that skinniest? asked Rattler, as his long red neck stretched upward slightly. The river cave is directly beneath Castle Grayskull. From that point, we can mount a full-scale attack on the castle and on He-Man. Tongue Lasher grew excited. His slimy tongue flicked in and out faster than usual as he cried, This is indeed good news, Brickling. We await your command. Yeah, so pretty basic plan there. Um, mm-hmm. Seems like every, every version of He-Man has some sort of underground episode there with <laughs> with tunnels going to Snake Mountain, so I, you know, and I never question, even knowing the Abyss, you know, from the Filmation series, I'm still like, okay, yeah, sure, this is an underground tunnel. You know, as a kid, I never yeah. even questioned it. Um, I do, I do like how they they give all the Snake Men very unique voices. Um, I think Ratlors probably works the best for me. Uh, King Hisses is a little too slow, and Tongue Lashers is a little too all over the place. But I, I really like what they did with Ratlore. At least they tried to do something other than just generic bad guy or Cobra Commander Part Two. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I might as well get into it starting here then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so like listening to this by itself without the visual um because uh you gave me the youtube link and I, I listened to it that way i had a hard time wanting <laughs> to keep listening because the way that the actors uh just speak on this thing especially for the snake men i'm like oh my god get to the point like and <laughs> and, and my i i'm not a yeah. big I, okay i don't like teams where everybody's the same thing and i know there're variety of snakes but they're all snakes 
So that's part of why I'm not a big Snake Man fan. I like it where you know the, the diversity in both Skeletor and, and the Horde. Mm-hmm. I like that you you have all these different characters and they're all like a hodgepodge and all that, and it, it works for me. And it, like even when I was a kid, when this came up, I had King Hiss and I had Tongue Lasher, and I never worried about anybody else. Yeah. And uh, in this case, it's like you know I, I I wasn't a big fan of them, and then on top of that. Listening to the voice actors, and it's mostly them doing that. Every time there's an S, and I'm like, you're only prolonging the dialogue, dude. Yeah. Like, it's like remember the, the vortex. It's like that's how well, it feels every time the S's are on these things. Did you hear the vortex sound effects started this page off? It took all the yeah. will in me to not go the vortex. But yeah, Rattlers works the best for me. But to me, like looking at the page here and seeing how menacing they look, Rattlers like sharpening his claws there, like ready to just go, just gut He Man basically. Yeah, it's just like I guess that's that's what makes me give it the pass. But yes, King Hiss definitely like today, Junior. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I. That's the thing. Like it, this, this record, I, I love these records for the fact that it does make your mind go into like you know the old radio shows and like I, I actually thought about like what how cool would it have been to have like a He-Man radio show like if if this wasn't from the eighties and it was from a different time, I would have sat there just like you know grinning like an idiot just waiting for the He-Man show to come on you know and yeah, whatever. Yeah. And these are examples of how it could have been done. But yeah, this this one for me, it's like the the artists are really truly bringing this up to a level that right. I feel it's more palatable when you're looking at the pictures. In the case of this, the the audio in this case, while I love the production value in it, like the the Snake Men parts are just dragging it down for me. Like I, I would love for us to get to more. I, I, sure. Let's see some action because even with the the LP record. I felt like we got to the point a little faster than some of this stuff in here right now. So, All right. Well, let's see if we can get to the point for Sean. Eh, we'll see. King Hiss knew exactly what he wanted his two evil helpers to do. He led them to the cave and ordered... Take this barge and sail the river to its end. Study the caves carefully. Then return and tell me the best way to attack the castle. When you return, the three of us, plus an army of snake men, will sail back to Castle Grayskull. Then we can tunnel up through the soil and into the castle from beneath. He-Man will be caught off and we will capture him. Then Castle Grace Skull and all the knowledge it holds will be in our possession. He-Man may have stopped us in the past, but this time we will win. Smiling wickedly, Tongue Lasher and Rattler bowed low before King Hiss, then turned and slithered toward the flat-bottomed barge tied up nearby. 
They knew that the strong current in the river would carry them to their secret spot beneath Castle Greyskull. You never realize how many S's are in Masters of the Universe and Castle Greyskull and everything else <laughs> until Sean points out how much I am. Down. I am the worst at stuff like this because, like, I'm I'm like this when uh, when my wife and I would watch movies, I would point stuff out, and she'd be like, "Thanks for ruining it for me, right, jerk!" Right. You know? exactly and it's like I'm that guy is. right now to you, unfortunately. But that's <laughs> like this whole sequence. I was like, I'm gonna fall asleep if they don't get to the point because this guy <laughs> and the delivery of how King Hens talks. Like, I was thinking about it just now. Like, if he's supposed to look like that. Yeah, I really wish they wouldn't bother doing the S's drawn out yeah. because then it doesn't even imply he's hiding something. You know, like I I don't mind the dual voices. There's something to that that I think it that would yeah, have been a, enough of a curiosity. But don't sure. do the S's because that's just like it's too obvious that you're trying to hide that you're a snake and. You know, the other ones, it's like, all right, fine. They don't talk a, a lot, but they give King, King Hiss, like, here's yeah. the boatload of the narrative, and we have to make this 20 minutes, so stretch this out as far as you can. You know? well, I was going to point that out, too. It's neat if you look on the pages, like, King Hiss is the only one that, like, stands upright during this. Like, he's he's straight up, and Rattler and Tongue Lash are always kind of, like, leaning or, you know, hunched yes. over or, you know... They're very, they're very animalistic in that sense. Except for King Hiss, he's straight up. You know, here's what yep. you're gonna do. So, yeah, I, I can agree with you. Uh, <laughs> let's see if there's less S's on the next page. I know there's at least less King Hisses, so that might help. Where's a friendly face? Meanwhile, inside Castle Grayskull, He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe, paced back and forth across the stone floor. He had been worried all day, but didn't know why. Now, he wondered aloud. I don't know what's the matter with me. For the past day or so, something's been bothering me. Something I can't put my finger on. Over the last few years, though, I've learned to trust my instincts. When I'm in a mood like this, it usually means that something evil is afoot on Eternia. The hour was late, and He-Man was tired after a long and troubling day. No sooner was he in bed than he was sound asleep. While He-Man slept, the evil snake men on board the barge drifted ever closer to Castle Greyskull. Rattler and Tongue Lasher stood on the deck, their legs astride as the giant boat floated through the dark underground cave. All right, so let's... S's drawn out. So, um, I like that. I like that they uh, went back to that. That basically was like the Castle Grayskull from like the sheet set, like that early, very toy esque Castle Grayskull. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they didn't really put their own spin on it. Uh, he Man sleeping in the castle. Um, so a few weird things here and there, but and the funny thing is, is you know, and it just occurred to me now because we were talking about a minute ago is so 83, John wrote that record, that record and now he's writing this and he may mentions over the last few years I've learned to trust my instincts. It's kind of a little 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little meta there, like to, to John, this is like He Man's journey. Like it started in the record, and now it's now he's here writing it. You know. Yeah. And now he is a tenant yeah. at Grayskull, apparently, which that's one of those, like, okay, you know, like, yeah. it, 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 with you doing the timeline, it's like, okay, originally it was Prince Adam, yep. and he does the change and everything, just like right. filmation, except the wording was a little off, mm-hmm. and it's like it, Grayskull was, it took him all night to get to it, and now he's just living there, I guess, or something, and it's like, Okay, yeah. when did this change happen? I, right. I, I don't, you know, and, and this is only three years after the last one, so it's like, mm, all right. But yeah, it would have been nice to actually be able to meet with John. Unfortunately, he did pass away. Actually, back in the eighties, he passed away. So, um, to kind of think what the thought process was here, or you know, was there, or were, was he just kind of given like you have to promote these figures and, you know, do something with them, you know, I, and he kind of put his own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if I, if I had any, if I had any like knowledge of what he did, the, I think the way that it makes sense from, from like a, a conciseness and story is, well, if he didn't live at Grayskull at this point, yeah. then the whole concept of, okay, we're talking about snake mountain. And then you have to yeah. have the other play set. You have Grayskull. Right. And then you have He-Man and the Snake Man. That's all you need. You're not going to set the stage for anything else where he has to go from the palace to Grayskull and all this other. It's like it, it, the last episode. The, it, we're yeah. going from here to there to there. It's like exactly. it's more concise. So. Yeah. And as a kid, I just rationalized it like, okay, he was tired after the day. He was worried that something might be afoot, so he decided to stay the night in Castle Grayskull. That's how I, you know, in my head, that's how I rectified it. Sure. So we got Tongue, tongue Lasher and Ratlore. Let's see what they're going to do on the next page. How wide the river is now. Hissed Rattler as he piloted the barge through a series of small rapids. Standing at the front of the barge, Tongue Lasher held a torch high. Its red glow cast twisting shadows on the jagged rocks which lined the cave. Smaller snakes and serpents whisked silently out of the water and onto the slimy rocks as their two great leaders passed. Before the dawn wakes, Will be under Castle Grayskull. Hissed Rattler. Yes. Agreed, Tongue Lasher. And from there, we'll find the way that leads to the castle. Then we will return to King Yes and tell him. We have learned. He will be most pleased. When we all return, He-Man will be captured and cast Did you hear that? A few more times, or 
that that was a prime example of what I'm talking about. That whole section, <laughs> I can't help it. I mean, they had so yeah. many S's in there that I'm just like, oh my god. And uh, halfway through Tongue Lasher talking, all I kept thinking was, all that they need is to just talk, and he may just punch them right in the face. And he's like, <laughs> I wasn't done saying my lines or something. It's just like, you guys bore me. Like, jeez, yeah. it's taking forever to get to the point. Yeah, you don't have to hit every S that hard. You know, just a couple here and there would suffice. Yeah, yeah. And, and like at the end, if it's the end of a sentence, trail it off with that. But don't yeah. keep doing that. It's just, it's, it's, wow, is it annoying after a while. You know what I'm saying. It's I'm a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, I will say, though, this is one of the best pages of the book here. I love them, like, coasting down the rapids with the torch and the snakes and creatures, you know. And I like that they put in there, like, they're actually, like, minions of the snake men. Like, not only do they have, like, the, the humanoid snakes, but they've got all these weird little creatures that are, like, you know. Yes, sir, General Ratlory, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a neat concept, to have this whole army of just all shapes and sizes. I like that. And with the sound, the audio um, of it, I, although the actors are driving me nuts with this yeah. S thing that they're doing for the cliche <laughs> snake thing, but they have that way of the, the echo in it makes you yeah. feel like you're getting claustrophobic in those caverns. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that aspect too, where it's like the sound is giving you the idea of you know they're they're in these deep dank places and stuff. At least that's where it makes my mind go to. Oh, absolutely. All right, well, let's get to ooh, nighttime He Man. The next morning, when He Man woke, he felt much better. I'm glad that mood has passed. It must have been my imagination. I see nothing evil. (laughs) He-Man has many powers, but even the most powerful man in the universe cannot see through stone. If he could, he would have been surprised to see Rattler and Tongue Lasher in the castle beneath his room. During the night, they had made their way through the maze of underground tunnels beneath Castle Greyskull. Rattler whispered to his evil friend, Time to go. We must return to Snake Mountain and tell King Yis we have found the way to He-Man's private chambers. Tonight we will return with an army of Snake Men and capture He-Man. As they turned to go, Tongue Lasher hissed, Have a nice man we'll see you later and we'll have a little surprise party in your honor (laughs) (laughs) you know what though I like that weird laugh he does. Like, they could have easily just gone like a ha-ha-ha-ha, like like it is in the text. But they, he made it his own. (laughs) That was was the equivalent of somebody trying to start a mower. (laughs) 
they're trying to pull the cord and nothing's happening, but you (laughs) 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 Oh my god. This this is the page. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it, it, and and considering what they're doing here with the whole, it's almost like this weird voyeur thing, and that's yeah. where I get to the point of like, it, it's not it's not meant to be funny. I'm laughing because it's just it's like I can't take these voices, but they're making even their laughter prolonged, which is like, oh my yeah. god, you're killing me. But it it, it does. It, it's it's got this. There's a creepiness factor that Skeletor doesn't even do. You know, they're they're going to lengths that that others wouldn't, and you're just sitting there going, "I feel kind of dirty that they're looking in on him, and they know this and that, and he's not able to understand what's happening around him." And it's but this is the page. Oh yeah, yeah. No, say. this one this one sticks with you. It's a, for those of you listening on audio. It's page. It's got the top. It's a it's a two page spread, but it's split in the halves. The, the upper half and the lower half. The upper half is He Man waking up out of bed, the sun shining in the window, and you can actually see the stone floor. And beneath it, you see Tongue Lasher and Rattler in their boat, uh, spying up through the cracks in the floor there and realizing where they found. You know, mm-hmm. and it does, it's got this like horror movie quality, like when you can see over the over the girl's shoulder that you know. You know, Jason's back there or something like that's what that's what's going on here. It's like this is creepy. Like he's he was sleeping and they were right there and he's just waking mm-hmm. up going about his business and tongue lashers literally right below his bedside table. You know, mm-hmm. and and but, I, like I said, I do like what they did with the voices. Besides the prolonged s's, I like the weird echoes and stuff, and I like what tongue lasher did there, where he kind of took the ha 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 and made it into like his own. He's this creepy little monster under the floor like hey, 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 like we're gonna get you you know mm-hmm. oh my god this so, is great but but the the thing that got me even when i was a kid this is this was the one where it automatic flashback yeah he's got the h over his bed yes and, and that, that's the part that gets me the most <laughs> yep the battle armor h not the, not yes the, the regular chest harness symbol he's got the battle armor h carved in He's got it carved into Dragon Walker. He's got it carved into his bed. It's it's those are his things. Don't touch them. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say this is mine. You know, right. this is my race car bed. You will not sleep in my race car bed. <laughs> sleep in it. Oh, it's just, it's it's great here. It, this is this is a beautiful splash page. Oh, so let's let's see what they do back at Snake Mountain. Once Rattler and Tongue Lasher were back at Snake Mountain, they told King Hiss what they had learned. The evil king of the Snake Men seemed pleased. You have done well, very well indeed. And He-Man knows nothing of your digging under his room. Are you certain of that? The all-powerful He-Man will be totally surprised by the little visit we have planned, answered Rattler. I can assure you of this. Splendid. Hiss the king. What are we waiting for? To the barge. By this time tomorrow 
He-Man will be my prisoner. And Castle Greyskull will be under the control of the Snake Men. So, after calling together a small army of Snake Men, King Hiss, Rattler, and Tongue Lasher made their way through the secret underground tunnel which led to the river cave. That good amount of S's for you, Sean? You doing okay? Oh, it's... It, I'm, I'm getting through it. The, the uh, Tongue Lasher sound effect is really creepy, too. Yeah. That, that like... I guess it's just the, to show his tongue keeps popping in yeah, and out. Yeah, flicking the... Yeah, the flicking yeah. and all that. It's just like it's a little unnerving at points when you listen to it. I'm like, ugh. It, right. It, it it all adds for me at least. It all adds to the to the ugh of the statement in that oh, way. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I like so. here what they did with the throne. You could see it a little bit in the earlier parts, but especially here where he's actually got like four four snake heads on his throne, and like he's mm-hmm. the fifth snake head. You know. Yeah, kind of foreshadowing his big transformation that'll be coming up here. You know, it's it's a really neat design. Like I said, these artists are just, they're carrying a lot of the weight of this for oh, me. Wow. Like, really, because listening to it with just audio, no, yeah. but this, yeah, this is, this is working better. Absolutely. All right, let's see what happens. Man spent a busy day rock climbing and practicing battle maneuvers with man-at-arms. For the first time, He-Man ignored his instincts that warned him of danger. That was an error He-Man would soon regret. For later that evening, when he was sound asleep in his bed, King Hiss's snake men loosened the stones of He-Man's floor and pushed one stone free. Silently, King Hiss, Rattler, and Tongue Lasher crept to He-Man's bedside. Using a special venom poison, King Hiss rubbed a few drops of the fluid onto He-Man's hand. Soon the most powerful man in the universe was helpless. He was in a deep trance and paralyzed. Carry He-Man to the barge, shouted King Hiss. We will return with him to Snake Mountain once I have him in chains there. We can begin our conquest of Castle Grayskull. All right. Hmm. Solid plan. Uh, you kind of get the feeling that Man Arms is hanging out there, too. Um, like maybe they all hang out in Grayskull at this point. <laughs> It's a, it's not a, it's Grey Skull. It's a tavern and it's a hotel and <laughs> it's the Eternian. Uh, 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 what's the? Uh, I want to say Super Eight or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll um, leave the light on for you. There was, I think, in the UK stories. I want to say it was. There was like a story where they did, like, all the heroic warriors did move to Grey Skull because for that reason. Um, because Eternos actually got like destroyed and they had to rebuild. And so they figured to keep try and keep the people of Eternos safe, they would move to Castle Grayskull, basically taking the fighting away from the Royal Palace, you know. Not a bad idea. Yeah, I like that. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, 
for me, it's just like, well, why didn't they just take over Grayskull right now? They got He-Man, he's paralyzed, you know, it's like, why the need to bring him back? So maybe Man-Arms is hanging out there too, you know? Yeah, that's, when when this part happened, that it was one of those, why don't they just kill him? Like, I yeah. mean, they got him right there. Wow. I mean, he's one of the biggest ops. That, I know, I know kids why won't. they don't, for kids, I <laughs> yeah. get it. But but in my head, I'm like, well, why don't they do something that takes him out to the point where he's not going to even have anything right. in the rest of the story? And you know, like that. That's like that's on you, Hiss man. That right. you you had your chance. You he's asleep. Right I mean, for the love of God, Skeletor at least gives him that. He lets him yep. sleep. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But th- this too also brings up. I don't. I don't think this has an atom in it anymore. It's just flat out just he man all the time. That's, I'll, I'll throw the same as the 87 movie. It's like, okay, it doesn't not have an Adam. Like, you don't... Yeah. It doesn't say Adam doesn't exist. There is a power sword there, so... Um, yeah. No, there's no transformation or anything. So. No, no transformation. And but even there's... when they grab him from his sleep, he's wearing the same... He's wearing He-Man stuff. Yeah, he's no, not he's wearing still He-Man. Adam he was, stuff. He was definitely... Sleeping at Grayskull as He-Man, but that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily negate an Adam, in my opinion. You know what I mean? If I don't see it, it didn't happen. Oh, there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you can take it either way. Um, I don't think there's a wrong answer here, but uh, but this plan is creepy. Like we're just gonna, basically they're they're abducting him. They're abducting him in his sleep. Like, as a kid, this mm-hmm. freaked me out. Like, oh, my God, like, what if the snake been creeping to my room at tonight and just grab me and take me out, you know? <laughs> the, that's the that's the beauty of it. Like, it played upon the fears. And, like, back in those days, that was a huge one. Oh, yeah. My mom was always on me like an eagle, like eagle-eyed wherever I was in the neighborhood playing with the kids. Because it was the whole, that was when that got to be, like, a huge deal where people, right. you know, kidnapping and just say no were, like, the two big deals you dealt with when you were growing up in the 80s and Absolutely. Uh, i i agree with this because it's like you know if you're asleep mm-hmm. and somebody took you and you don't know what the hell's happening yeah that'd be the scary one of the scariest things i could think of absolutely if it can happen to he-man it can happen to us exactly <laughs> let's hope he-man gets we're out. all doomed we're, we're all, all doomed, doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Although He-Man's eyes were open, he was helplessly paralyzed and could not move or speak. But his brain was still functioning as he thought. I... I... can't let them take me to Snake Mountain. I've got to fight their poison and get my strength back. But it was no use. King Hiss's poison was too powerful. For now, He-Man was a helpless prisoner. Rattler and Tone Lasher carried He-Man to the barge and tied him up. Then they set sail for Snake Mountain with their prisoner. King Hiss taunted He-Man, saying, Where is your power now, mighty He-Man? Gone. Now I have the power, all the power. But even as he spoke, King Hiss was making a terrible mistake. He was underestimating He-Man's power. Already, He-Man could feel the effects of the venom poison starting to wear off. And he thought to himself, 
I'll pretend it still be under the poison's effect. It will take several hours to reach Snake Mountain. By then, I should be wide awake and have all my strength back. Old Fangface and his friends will be really surprised when I make my move. I like the cockiness, E-Man. <laughs> I like that he actually used Old Fangface because it makes you think yeah. of, you know, old, old Bone Brain and Bonehead and everything yep. else like he gives Skeletor crap about. The, um... But yeah, I, I, the the part like just going back to what we were just talking about, like yeah. it's like those people have sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. and and like for me that that would have been like nightmarish to be like I can see everything, but I can't even scream for help or whatever. Right. I was like, holy, that would just be terrifying. Yeah, and the way they they draw him there with all tied up all around his face is just like it just. Like you said, just paralyzed. Like, and I know everything they're saying. I know everything they're doing, but there's nothing I can do about it. You know. Mm-hmm. And he's just gotta sit there and wait and hope that they don't decide to eat him before that. <laughs> well, they didn't even get into that until 2000X, oh, and that's I when know. I actually gave cred to the Snake Man. I was like, "Holy crap, they're eating people. Yeah. That's better than just oh, we're Snake Man." Yeah, and all that stuff. So. But they didn't say they wouldn't eat him, so they might. Who knows? <laughs> In my head, I never even went there because I just didn't no. think about them that much, apparently. <laughs> I really thought that they were... I, I was worried about He-Man getting killed in this one as a kid, though. I remember that, like, because you're sitting there like, he is paralyzed, he can do nothing, and they are snakes. And I've always hated snakes, you know? So it's like, man, if they bite him right now, that's it. He's done for. You know? Yeah. So, holding very still, He-Man pretended to be unconscious during the trip back up the underground river which led between Castle Greyskull and Snake Mountain. His eyes were still closed when he felt the barge being tied up to the dock, and he knew they had arrived beneath Snake Mountain. At that moment, He-Man heard King Hiss shout to his snake men, Take our guest to the dungeon and chain him up. I will visit him tomorrow and show him how we treat our visitors here at Snake Mountain. It was then that He-Man sprang into action. Not so fast, you scaly serpents! He shouted as he jumped up. I'll be checking out of this snake hole a little early. What? He-Man is awake! <laughs> Screamed King Hiss. God! <laughs> the moment King Hiss realized that He-Man was awake, he shed his skin, revealing the many snakes beneath his outer skin. Rattler coiled his head back, ready to strike, while Tongue Lasher's dangerous tongue flipped out angrily. King Hiss and his evil friends were ready to fight. Try it, you snakes! Yelled He-Man as he leaped off the barge and began battling the Snake Man. He-Man had all his power back now, and he was angry. As the Snake Man attacked him, he easily picked them up and threw them into the cold water. 
Rather than fight He-Man personally, King Hiss, <laughs> Rattler, and Tongue Lasher hurried away into a tunnel that led inside Snake Mountain. There, they could hide and be safe. Oh, those cowardly snakes! <laughs> his his uh his nicknames aren't quite as impressive as the last page though on this one. He's <laughs> a few no. scaly serpents. It's like that didn't really hurt them inside though, did it? He man. <laughs> Oh, but it's a nice, nice drawing here. Of, you know, He-Man fighting a couple random snake warriors and it's the King Hiss and everybody just turning tail. Um, mm-hmm. Which I will say, that's probably the one disappointing part about this is basically He-Man just breaks free of his bonds and they run away. I want That's the one thing I can say. I wish there was a little bigger of a battle here really showcasing, you know, Tongue Lasher, Ratlor, and King Hiss. Because they are, they can be formidable enemies. I mean, they're snakes. They have awesome powers. You know, that's that's probably the one thing this book is missing to me. Yeah, for me, I, I agree with that because it, it takes until this moment to have action, really. Except yeah. for when you see Man in Arms and him training, which I don't count that. No, compared to it's it, what what happens during the story to make him take action, and when you see this. Like we got to this page, I'm like, yeah, he's doing something, and then it's basically he's just throwing people around, you know. And it's like it's such a very quick res- resolution, yeah. That uh, it, it it just feels like this is a slow burn of a story, like crazy. And it, mm-hmm. I, as a kid, that's maybe why I don't remember it because it just took forever to get to something to happen, and once it does, it ends. That you yeah. know, it's like that's it. Um. But this is another example, like listening to King Hiss about gods and all that stuff. So yeah. I, I really wanted to hear He-Man just punch him right in the face and just go, what are you calling for? It took you five hours to get that sentence out. You know? he, had, he had to use the word seize. It could have been take, grab. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Seize. Uh, <laughs> it's, there, there was an episode of, uh, of uh, Venture Brothers where – they, they, the the uh, Brock Samson was like beating up somebody, and yeah. and it takes them forever to like the oh why would you do that? And that's like that's how it would feel it, yeah. to listen to it. I'd rather hear him beating the crap out and just have the statement ow ow ow, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. I'd be laughing hard, like not at it. I'd be <laughs> laughing with it by that. Sure, point. sure. So, all right, here we let's are. Go, let's go ahead and finish this up, right? Once he had defeated the Snake Men, He-Man untied the barge and sailed away from Snake Mountain. As the barge drifted away from the mountain, He-Man gave a mighty yell. He-Man's shout was so loud, it caused a small earthquake. The stone walls of the river cave collapsed in a thunderous roar. That will seal up the cave forever said He-Man as the barge floated away safely. King Hiss and his snake men won't be using this cave for a long, long time. I should have never doubted my own feelings when I sensed danger. That's one mistake I won't make again. They used the wrong theme music to send us out with, Sean. 
I know. I'm I'm disappointed there. I'm disappointed that his answer to the solution or his yeah. his answer to the problem is yelling. Yeah. Because that's something He Man does all the time. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. it made me think of Michael Jackson, the ah thing with his yeah. <laughs> Oh, just uh I that the ending of that, like I John John Braden did amazing on that first LP and this yeah. one it's like I feel like he probably was just given, you got to work with this stuff, see what you can come up with. And he did a slow burn of a story, like I said, and it yeah. just, there was elements of it that it worked to an extent, but then there's more of it doesn't work for me than not in this case. Yeah. For me, it was, it, yeah, I appreciate it for it being the slow burn. You know, it was, it was the horror story. It was the creeping under the castle. Yeah. It was, you know, the, the shadows and the underground. and But yeah, this ending, like if it had just culminated in like this battle between He-Man and the Snake Man, I would have been good with that. And it's funny too, because I remember He-Man collapsed in the cave, but it wasn't until I revisited that I'm like, oh, he did it by yelling. I forgot that part. I would have just assumed that he, you know, hit the side or caused, you know, rocks to collapse. You know, like, why yelling there? You know, there's yeah. plenty of ways to collapse this tunnel without doing it that way so yep um but yeah for me for me it's the art the art really propels this one into the memory banks for me and like i said the the story premise is so creepy and i think the snake men were done well up until they just turned snivelly at the end there well, this this is also one of those stories we we were just talking about it, the whole you know back in the eighties it was a big deal that you know parents were worried about their kids getting kidnapped and yep. you know stranger danger and stuff like that so like this whole book I can almost see one more page added in you yeah. see Orko. On today's story, we learn to trust your instincts because if something yeah. doesn't feel right, there's a chance someone's going to sneak through your window and. Sn- Deal your way in the middle of the night. Till next time. You know, it's it's got that kind of a vibe to it. So oh, it's like I, I I I don't mind that it did that because it it does have that feeling of you know well He Man also had to deal with something like that and you know he it, unfortunately he's not like a kid where the kid's going to probably be in worse danger. He's He Man, you know, but. Okay. Um, but it does have that moral of the day thing that makes me go, well, you can see the filmation influence mm-hmm. through that part of the story, but it, like filmation had more action on any episode than this thing at the same yeah. time. So, yeah, uh, the, all things considered, I've got to go, I'm going to go a seven out of 10. It's the the nostalgia and the art propels it up there high enough for me. I'm gonna do a five because of the art, the art and the narrator and the the uh, production value sure. on yep. this, but everything else. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> so fair enough. Hey, five's not bad. It's better than some of the stuff we reviewed on here. That's true. All right. <laughs> Multiverse. um Uh, yeah that too so let's head back here remastering their universe 
right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the show, Remastering Their Universe. Uh, so today we are taking a look at the golden book, The Trap. And this one was written by W.B. Dubay, and it was illustrated by Dan Spiegel. And this was published in 1983. Um, and so for those of you who might have missed a few episodes, Remastering Their Universe is where we take a story that we feel didn't quite have the power, um, and we try and make some adjustments to help it out. Um, so we'll take yep. we'll take a story that the fans didn't necessarily like. We want to try and stay within the confines of the general story and see if we can find a way to make it better, in our opinions. Um, and so this one here, it's a pretty simple story. Um, it starts off He-Man... It, uh, or Stratos is flying, he finds He-Man, uh, passed out uh, on the beach, I think it was. And yeah. uh, when he wakes him up, it uh, he says that Skeletor attacked him to try and get his half of the power sword, um, but something scared Skeletor off, and he dropped, Skeletor dropped the dark half of the power sword, so now He-Man has the full power sword, Stratos and He-Man decide to go to Castle Grayskull to enter it and get the power, because this is still that early storyline here. Um, and they they make it in, but there's all sorts of weird traps and everything trying to get the best of them, and it turns out that Skeletor really made it into the castle. He, he took He-Man's half of the power sword and left He-Man two fake halves, um, and, and so he, Skeletor was behind the scenes controlling all the traps all the time, trying to kill He-Man. Um, and then Skeletor ends up defeating He-Man in combat, but before he can kill him, the power sword magically splits apart again for no reason, and He-Man whacks him with a door, and they go running off. Stratos are good. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 a very it's a very short story. It's a very it's a very weirdly drawn story. Uh, Sean, what's the first thing you would do with this? As you kind of gave a teaser already last week. I, I did give a teaser. I would find an artist that actually was drawing masters the way they looked because. I remember as a kid, that artist had a newspaper strip. I don't know the name of it, unfortunately, but it was one of those like, uh, like Rex Hunter MD or something like that. You know, it was, it was one of the medical ones or like a detective or a police one. And it was one where I'd see his art in the paper because I'd be looking at the comics I want to look at, but there it'd be. And, uh, as a kid, I was like, why are they letting him draw this? And even today, uh, like yeah. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it, it, like He-Man has wavy hair. That looks a little odd because He-Man doesn't really have like I. If I think of He-Man, I think of like if I wanted to draw him in a now way, his hair would be tussled. But yeah. this is like no, this is like 
curly hair, and that's a little odd. And and even the way that the harness is drawn, it reminds me of like the little Dutch boy or something, right. which is not helping because of the haircut for you know the filmation. It, it, it just it, it's all bad stuff in the way I view how not to do it. I guess um, I will say though, his take on He Man doesn't work, but I actually didn't mind his take on Skeletor, and I thought Stratus wasn't all that bad, but. Yeah. It depends Just when on you the have He Man as the main guy. <laughs> yeah, it's very inconsistent throughout, and uh, yeah, now that you mention that, it does very much have like a like a, a newspaper comic strip feel to it. Um, and that's that's a big part. He Man's harness tucks into his waistband like they're suspenders. It's like it, you, it's you like Lederhosen. Yeah, you didn't even you didn't even know. What these kids like? Obviously, he was shown a couple figures, and they're like, "Draw this story," you know. Yeah, it, it had that vibe of you have somebody that is established in the way he draws everything, and I don't know how he got involved. This is, I think, the only time that I remember him doing anything with He Man, right? And I, I'm guessing this is a really wild guess, but I'm guessing they might have thought. His style looked like the brand style for Masters. Like if you yeah. look at the lunchbox and stuff, yeah. like the old blue lunchbox. Like I actually have it on the floor over here. <laughs> there is a little vibe of mm-hmm. that style. So I think they had this. Well, it kind of looks like the house style we're using f- to promote the brand, like the blankets and the sheets and everything. But it just it doesn't work for me. No, I agree, and that's the thing. It it probably looks almost the most accurate you know besides the harness like the hair and everything it looks very like he took the toy and he drew it but mm-hmm. that doesn't work for me because masters always went above and beyond you know in their artwork making you feel as real you know they could get past all the limitations of the toy i mean that that cover art there is amazing you know mm-hmm. setting it up um but unfortunately it's not even close to what we got inside, even though it is still the guy who likes to draw the furry underwear like they're just plain, you know, underwear. But yeah, there's that too. Um, that that cover is one of the more iconic covers too, because oh, yeah. I remember, like as a kid, that that one had to be the most violent of them all because I've never seen the other than um, the LP where Skeletor's yeah. getting thrown off the parapet of Grayskull and he man's doing his Captain Morgan screaming thing. It's like this one, you're actually seeing him flat out looking like I'm done with this. Like right. he just looks like he's ready for Skeletor to get split in half with that door. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it always stuck in my mind, like, man, that, that feels really violent even for he man. Mm-hmm. And I love that for it, you know, right. but when you see that cover, it's like, this does not compute when you open it up and everything else in it looks the way it looks. Mm-hmm. So as for, as for the actual story, um, I think number one is you have to actually give He-Man both halves of the power sword in. Um, take out the whole Skeletor plan to fake thing because it doesn't make sense with the story. Because how could Skeletor create, you know, two halves that still did the magical joining, even though they're mm-hmm. the fake one? Like, that doesn't... 
it doesn't work. You can't have the. I mean, the the two halves. While a toy would just like connect them together, it in in universe it was actually supposed to be like a magical thing. The two swords became one. Yeah. You know. So how did Skeletor create two magical halves to replicate the actual magical half? You know, it's two kind. It's the same thing as a DC comic. It's too convoluted. Make it simple. Have Skeletor. Don't even need Skeletor jumping him here. Have, what I would do in this opening here is have Beastman attacking him with Skeletor's half of the power sword, you know, and and have Stratos come along and scare Beastman off and he drops a power sword, okay? His half. And then after mm-hmm. that, it's Beastman and Skeletor waiting for them to enter Grayskull so they can sneak in too. So you still got the... Because I like the trap premise where they they think they've got the key to Castle Grayskull, they're going to take it over finally. I like that part. And then it turns out the Skeletor, you know, was messing around with everything before them, but you need a, you need a way to get there that seems believable where it's not like an about-face at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea, actually. The, you know, the, the whole trap is them getting to gray skull and letting them into gray skull versus because mm-hmm. this is one that like, I remember it from my childhood pretty vividly uh, mm-hmm. other than I hated the artwork. I don't know how the heck I remember this one so vividly, right. but uh, the premise of it with them going through all the different things, it, it reminds me looking back on like, like uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade where it's like, he, he has to go through all the different things at the end to get to the grail. And it's kind of right. like, that's I, I, I kind of like that idea that you're setting up where it's like, okay, Skeletor and Beastman know there's these things they got to get through, but there's a chance they could die doing it. So right. we'll let He-Man go in front of us, and he right. just goes through all of them, and he he activates them, and then it's not an issue for them to get yep. through it or whatever and figure out what the strategy is to it or whatever and then move forward and then right. – if he dies, they still get Grayskull. And if he gets to the end, they still could come in and maybe try to get the the uh, upper hand on him somehow using the the technology in Grayskull still. Because that, that that picture of Skeletor turning around with all the monitors always yeah. amused me as a kid. I was like, is he watching the news? Yeah. Like as a kid, it didn't I, I, it didn't yeah. register. Now it's like that's the first thing I think because that was my initial reaction when I was a child. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, that's exactly what I'm going... Uh, yeah, so basically Skeletor decides, like, I'm tired of fighting He-Man and trying to get his half. I'm just going to give him my half. But if he thinks it's a trap, you know, he's gonna he's not going to go there, so... Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, once you do that to me, then you go through just like it is. Because even that shot that you said about the monitor, um, that was actually an illusion to try and get them to fall into a pit. So that could still be, you know... That could be just the castle's defenses, like, oh, we're going to show him his greatest enemy. You know, like, it, I, this early castle seemed to kind of feed into people's fears and everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it could still show Skeletor, you know, there, like, just the castle, like, we're going to show him his greatest enemy and see if we can get him to jump into this pit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this for me, this whole middle part works. I don't know about you, where they're actually going through the castle. Like, I wouldn't I... I wouldn't change about anything there. I, I like the dragon that was an illusion and the pit and everything else. It's very it's very early Castle Grayskull. I I always like early Castle Grayskull because it, 
there there is something really mysterious about the idea of around every corner there's a there's something a booby trap or a uh, you know a monster or right. something i mean we we had those uh the sticker with you know the the hands coming out of the grating in the the dungeon and stuff yeah. so you never know what's in this place and uh you know i always pictured it as being a very dark very mysterious very solemn kind of area and it's like you know, it's the equivalent of you're walking into a haunted house, yeah. for lack of a better way. So, you know, you see them going through all these things, and I really do like the setup. And it, honestly, I would have, I would have liked to see something even a little more spooky than some of the yeah. stuff. Like the dragon to me was like, there's a dragon in Grayskull now. You know, like that part was a little weird because I'm thinking, you know, tight quarters. How big yeah. is Gray? You know. It's like you're, you're thinking of the spatial relations and stuff like that. And then when you're finding it, I think the other thing that to me was a was a little bit of a letdown when I was a kid was everything becomes an illusion. Yeah. And I kind of wanted it to be, no, these are the legit, these are the fail-safes in Grayskull yeah. to make people run away from it or whatever. And they're not just illusions. Maybe Maybe it's like one of them comes from a door that opens to a different dimension, like the sorceress would do with the mirror or whatever. Um, and uh, granted it's, it's a storybook. It's not meant to be that in depth, but there is an element of, I really would have liked to see something a little deeper than just here's one page where this dragon shows up for instance. And then the, the next page you just see here's he, man, the sword goes through it. Boom. That's yeah. the end of it. You know? Yeah, mix, um, mix it up a little bit. Like the band sure. could be real, but the dragon was fake. Like you, you keep mm-hmm. you on your toes. You don't yep. know what to expect. Is it going to be real this yeah. time? Is it going to be fake? You know. Um, yeah, and I do like that. I do like that. Give it, give it a little more legitimate thread in there too, along with the illusions. Um, and that actually kind of sets up my next point even better than I could have because I was going to say. The one thing I would do is actually make um, Mickey Man and Stratos actually get caught in a trap. And that's how Skeletor ends up taking the sword from He-Man. Like he drops yeah. it or whatever. Because that's my next thing is, is Skeletor now gets the actual power sword. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, if they went through all these illusions and then they came up against this Banshee and it's like, oh, it's just an illusion, Stratos. But it wasn't. And then you know, it's able to incapacitate them, and Skeletor just waltzes in, takes a sword, and is going to go take over Grayskull, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you need He-Man to actually fight off this creature to go confront Skeletor. That, you know. Yeah. Now you're actually giving but, some stakes. Sure. I mean, the other way that it could be done is the, the actual um, the actual things in Grayskull are the illusions, but then and that that puts He-Man and Stratos in a well. That was an illusion. Well, this yeah. was an illusion. So when they go up against whatever the next one is, then it's like it's not an illusion. And all of a sudden, you know, He-Man's yeah. getting grabbed from behind or something by the Banshee or by something else. He drops the sword because he's surprised because nothing else has attacked him at this point. Right. And that's when you see Skeletor's hand picking it up, and it's uh, you know he's got all the power right there. And right. So it's like you got a twofold thing of. He-Man now has to figure out how to get out of the trap, like you're saying, which I like. And then on top of that, then it's like, well, then Skeletor's got the upper hand, and he's got to solve that problem, too. Exactly. Exactly. No, and then and then after that, to me, it's just, it's, 
It's almost like it is, except for, and I'll read this part here, because this part made absolutely no sense to me. I reread this quite a few times today. Um, Swinging his sword of power, Skeletor shattered He-Man's powerless weapon. Okay. Then as Skeletor raised the magic blade for the final blow, it was struck by lightning. Waves of electricity shocked the startled Skeletor. Once again, the power sword was split in two. Where'd that come from? Like, <laughs> so the castle just senses that Skeletor's about to win. It's just like, nope, boom, you know? Yeah. I, uh, uh, well, uh, the, there's an element of that that I, uh, like, it should have been established in the story somewhere. Like it should have been like, remember yeah. uh, going back to the LP again, because that one did a nice job of setting up something where you had the spirit of Grayskull doing, Ooh, sure. and, all, and, and the idea of this book out of all of the, the golden books actually had a chance of doing some pretty creepy stuff. If it would have gone there yeah. and it didn't go there. And, and th- again, it starts it, it all comes down to the art style just does not fit this book. No, this art no. style would have maybe worked in a different book where maybe he wasn't in gray skull and right. you, you, you needed somebody who could have done a spookier, darker kind of style for this one in particular. But if they would have set it up with the woo thing and all that yeah. kind of stuff and then going into it, you know, like maybe, maybe while he man's running through his paces Maybe they have just one little moment where, it, like, Skeletor is trying to do something, and it's like the castle won't let him, yeah, or whatever, because you know He Man is the champion, and he is the one. You know, at that point, I guess he wasn't the one sitting by the power of Grayskull yeah. yet in the actual, like, you know, the canon. But it is the idea. Well, he's supposed to be the champion. He's that guy, you know. And so even the castle's defenses are are even against Skeletor here in some ways yeah. because he snuck in. That could yeah. that could be part of it, you know, and that's as simple right there. Boom, he snuck in. He wasn't meant to belong in there. Yeah, if they had set that up, I would have accepted it. But to me, to me, it's like it's more. This is very much the neutral Castle Grayskull is how it feels reading it. That's my biggest problem. Sure. With it. And for the the lightning, like I said, the lightning bolt. It wasn't even like even if they'd been earlier, like He Man and Stratos had to dodge lightning bolts. It's like okay, that makes sense. Like they're back in that yeah. part of the castle now, you know. Tied it back to something, but it's just like out of nowhere, it's like Skeletor's about to win. It's like boom, and then He Man can do the door trick, which doesn't look as cool in the book as it did on the cover. Oh, it, yeah, it, it um, really is lacking in the book. <laughs> yeah, but basically, that's what's left for me. Find a way to tie it back. I don't. I, I mean, I like I like your idea about the it being the castle's defenses. It could be because he snuck in. Um, even do it, like I said, just go back to an earlier area, have the dragon make him, you know, distracted or something. Or you could even do, because they got the whole door thing, you know, they really leaned on that door thing. Like, they really felt they had to get it in there as, as the winning blow. Mm -hmm. Um, like make it from Stratos and He-Man's earlier going through the castle like they knew a secret passage, and so they got on the side of a door that Skeletor wasn't expecting and busted out at him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, some well, way to it, tie it back there, you know? Yeah, I mean, they, there could have been, like... Uh, I mean, basically, it does create a storm, 
like they, there is that whole it's a tornado or whatever when Skeletor disappears the the illusion version and it's yeah. it, like it, it talks about the wind coming through and all that stuff and it's like mm-hmm. well how far fetched would that have been to say okay it's this giant storm that's wrecking the inside of it because they're not supposed to be in there and all that kind of stuff the other option I like is well you know it would be kind of cool if He Man was going toe to toe with him and he's got the full power sword. And then out of nowhere, like that bolt comes in and it, like you said, it w- could have been one of the tests leading up to that point. Yeah. And Stratos comes in smiling going, I just hit the button on the wall again. You know, he's like, yeah. we went through it and we hit the button so that right. we knew that it was going to happen. And I hit the button again and just lucky exactly. us, you know, like it, 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 it ended up saving them instead of killing them earlier or whatever. And uh, that would have been a kind of fun way to do it. I think Filmation yeah. probably would have done it that way. Oh, absolutely. If, if they would have had that that uh, story. And I think you're right. Looking back at now, um, that is the, I guess I will give it that. That is the room that Skeletor, or He-Man hit Skeletor into, is that one with the that storm. So I guess that mm-hmm. is where the lightning came from. It's just weird that it wasn't. Okay, so in that case, just mention it earlier. You know, because I think all I mentioned was like howling wind and stuff. That and so, and I, I I wouldn't classify it as a storm, but yeah. it did say about the wind. It yeah, would have been kind of cool to say flash thunder boomed. Okay, so ah, all right. I guess it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't presented well at the end there. I guess so. Clean that up yeah. a little bit, and yeah, definitely definitely make it like their adventure through the castle. Prepared them for this. And other than that, keep the ending the same because we're in the two halves era, so you want that sword to split back. You want He-Man to leave with the good half, Skeletor to leave with the bad half. Um, you know. But uh, I, I think the... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, the, the thing that I think would have been kind of fun for the ending is he takes the door and hits him and he knocks him out the window. Yeah. Because they have it like, okay, the two Beastman and him just fall, and that's pretty much the end of it. It would have been cool to be like, no, you're not even in the castle anymore at the end of this story. Like, you got you got inside, and we're getting you out, and that's yeah. why he takes the door and does what he does, you know? Well, that's actually what I was about to say. I was going to say, end it with them outside of the castle. Because once mm-hmm. once the power sword split, they sh- I mean, you end this here, Skelter's falling down a pit, Beastman's running away, and He-Man and Strauss are just standing there. So, everyone's still in the castle. So, once you open it once, you're allowed in. You know, to me, it should be like, okay, yeah, knock him out the window, and then Skeletor, or Stratos and He-Man leave, you know. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one big thing about this era, is everything's got to reset at the end of it. You know, you've got to to come out of the castle. You know, it's it's not the same thing as it will eventually become. Mm Mm-hmm. So that'll be my final thing. Like you get them outside of the castle at the end of do the door thing out the window. I love that. That's a great idea. <laughs> I just like the idea of just him because the idea of that cover and that it's like, well, Skeletor isn't going to like get smacked into a wall. It's no, he's getting shoved out a window using right. the door. That'd be pretty cool. Right. So. No, I like it. I like that version better anyway. I mean, that remastered. Was a, that was actually a really easy remastering. And see, guys, that this, was yeah. This book gets a ton of grief. It has for many years, but that's the thing with this stuff. Some of this stuff is just like an editor away from possibly being something very good. You know, 
Um, I'm loving this segment, man. That that was a good one. I like that. <laughs> that that was the the lightest lifting we've had to do yeah. uh, so far. But honestly, when you actually think of how the story would have gone, it really is a better story in my opinion. There's mm-hmm. there's no way around it. It's more concise and one of besides the artwork, the whole part with He-Man joining the Power Swords was something that mystified me as a kid going like, how? Because if later in the story they're telling you they're not even the right things, exactly. why would that even happen? And that drove me crazy way back when. Right. So. You should have known immediately. It's not like this is the first time they ever combined the power sword. He's done it 20 times by now. He he should know what it, what it does, you know, and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Nope. I agree completely. I think we nailed that one. Yep. Remastered. Remastered. All right. Well. Anything you got to wrap us up with here, Sean? Uh, the only thing I could think of, because now I'm thinking of these things, is uh, apparently, uh, although I think it's sold out pretty quickly, Mondo has released the San Diego Comic-Con, what would have been oh, yeah, the San Merman. Diego Comic-Con, the Merman exclusive, and a lot of people just were like, why would you want this? Because they don't like the color scheme. So, yeah, But apparently it got sold out. So there I you go. I didn't even look at it. Oh, uh, man, ARMS is still available. That's one of those things. The Mondos, I'm... If if He-Man looked better, I might have actually been very, very tempted, but I still don't like that face sculpt on him at all. Yeah. Man at ARMS looks amazing. He's probably the one that I would get the most out of the whole line right now. See, I still don't care for him. Oh, yeah, he did sell out. What do you know? Hmm. I think I, I I will be honest. I think the only figures they have to go on for that line right now that if they released them and they wowed me would be either Tila or Shira, and that's coming yeah. from a person that hasn't really watched much Shira. So there you go. But these designs make me go, well, what would they do with those characters then? Yeah, like I, it's not that I hate them. It just it's not. It's not quite what I pictured, I guess. Especially the the human characters so far. He Man and Man Arms have been my two most lacking. Uh, I've got the Skeletor; he's really cool. Uh, Scareglow, they just did the wrong way. He should have been. They did him predominantly black instead of predominantly white, which really sc- screwed up the look of him. To, in my opinion, um, Merman looks cool, but this San Diego exclusive is ugly as all get out it's like a mm-hmm. <laughs> oily rainbowy pearl i don't even know what would you even describe as someone who works with art but what would you describe that color as i i almost would describe it as like a hologram color it there reminds me of like something from the 80s very like depending where the light hits it you're going to get all these rainbows of colors coming out of the figure yeah. although i don't think that's the intention but I don't know what it, 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 like prisma or I, I don't <laughs> even know the best way to describe. I I looked at it and, and it didn't it didn't make me angry and it didn't really like you know I, I wanted to talk badly about it but I was like that really isn't like a, a, an exclusive to me. I know some people it's like oh a repaint or whatever but that yeah. one was just like out of all of them you chose that one and that's how you did it. Okay. 
Well, it's like, like that designer it, con Skeletor they did. It was the same thing. It was all these weird, like, bright colors. And it's like, okay. But if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I'm going to go get the regular, well, the, the Mondo exclusive Merman for, you know, 75 yeah. bucks less. And he looks wicked cool. So yeah. that's just me. For those of you who like that sort of thing, I'm glad you got it. Or, or if they wanted to really go crazy, Disco Skeletor. Just mm. throw them out there for SDCC. Just be done with it. Yeah. Then there is a Disco Skeletor other than 2000X. That one gets too much love. <laughs> I'm just thinking when it comes to the variety with the colors, it's like that one's one where it's like, just do it then. Just be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it has to be done, but it's <laughs> like when I see that merman, it's like, okay. So what else you got going for you this year? <laughs> so. Oh, crazy. Well, Other than that, vote when when the oh. uh the next uh the next bracket hits, like you said, hopefully tomorrow. I'm assuming vote. I'm assuming we'll see what happens. Um yep, get out there, vote, make your opinion be heard. Otherwise you can't cry about it afterwards. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, and I'll run through our usual spiel here. Look, everybody, we appreciate you tuning in. We love all the feedback we've gotten. Give us some more. Uh, hit those buttons down below. There's a like, there's a share, there's a subscribe. Help us help you. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what you enjoy, what you don't. You know, feedback is always great. Uh, leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page. Uh, and just let us know. Let us know what you're liking. And uh, we'll keep delivering this quality content week after week. There we go. Uh, So, until next time. Until next time.